It's Dr. Stu's Podcast. Catch us on iTunes. Catch us on Facebook. Catch us on Twitter. Catch us anytime you want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Three yeah, o'clock in the morning. You it's Dr. Stu's Podcast, and this is episode uh, number 103. I'm Dr. Stu with my uh, friend Kimberly Durden. Kimberly, how you doing? I am good. How are you? You sounded like you were like giggling or something when you did that intro. You were like <laughs> yeah. laughing about something. Yeah, I just I, I just look at because it, it's the same intro all the time, and I try <laughs> to vary it up a little bit because you know I'm not Brian. Brian used to do exactly the same thing every time, and that Brian Whitman beautiful voice. But I want to thank everybody for listening uh, to uh, the here we are again at podcast number one hundred three. Cool. Everybody knows we record these sort of in bunches, so um, it's may you know sometimes they're not as timely as they might to be, but. Uh, today, I'd like to really get into something uh, sort of right off the bat because a colleague of mine is uh, going through uh, the persecution, which is what I lo- what I would plainly call it, uh, from the California Medical Board. I'm talking about uh, my friend, Dr. Bob Sears. Uh, I don't know if people know about him. Uh, you know about him, right, Kimberly? Oh, yeah, of course. Dr. Bob Sears is the son of the other Dr. Sears who, when I was coming up raising my kids, my oldest is 20 five um dr sears was extremely popular popular in the la leche league circles he was a big promoter he is a big promoter of breastfeeding he and his wife martha and they have a bunch of kids more than me even i think they have like eight kids of sears people i i think i got that right <laughs> and yeah we love dr sears he was like our go-to guy Bob sears trivia it's you're right Bob to, sears trivia. He, six he, degrees of separation he from was Bob our sears. he was our go-to guy <laughs> all of his books for you know attachment parenting and breastfeeding and baby wearing and just like common sense in pediatrics which was really yeah, he's refreshing written, he's written a book he's highly regarded he's He's greatly loved in the Southern California area. Oh, he's, no, he's written many books, but no, you're I'm talking, talking about, about his son. I'm talking about young Dr. Bob Sears. Got it. And was Dr. Sears the old one also Bob? Yeah, he was. Oh, they were. So I guess he's, well, we don't know if he's junior, but they're, yeah. I think okay. He's, he's well, Bob. anyway, I don't know how accurate we are because they're not accurate. always that accurate, but accurate. You, people can look this up. That's why we're, we're here to, to pique your interest, not to be a factual uh, <laughs> reference. They know about, your, your audience definitely knows about the Sears legacy. And so, but you're talking about Dr. Bob Sears, the son of Dr. Sears. Yes, who practices down in Orange County. And you said he wrote a book also about Yes, he did, about vaccines. vaccines. Okay. And it was a very reasonable book about vaccines. It mm-hmm. wasn't an ac- was anti-vaccine. Mm. It was looking at the pros and cons of vaccines. My good friend Jennifer Margulis has also had a book out uh, called The Business of Baby, mm. uh, where she just has a couple of chapters on vaccines, and she also got excoriated. Uh, really? By Yeah, there's a very large pro-vaccine lobby, uh, underworld troll group, whatever, that go after anybody you know, I look at. I don't want to di- I digress because I have issues with some of my friends about this. But you know, it's like people who believe in global warming and people who don't believe in global warming. Right. And people don't believe in global warming are labeled are labeled climate science deniers. Right. All right? Now, there's logical and scientific uh, evidence on both sides, and and reasonable people can have a conversation without name calling. Yes. The problem, of course, is that um, today's uh, method of defeating your opponent is character assassination. Right. And persecution, and um, you know, I know this firsthand, and yes. so I'm very sympathetic to what's going on with Dr. Sears. So, what is going on with Dr. Sears? Well, he's being he's being investigated by the medical board. And here's another thing that really bothers me: is why I, I don't understand our American culture because you're innocent until proven guilty. All right, 
but you're tried in the court of public opinion and in social media. Why, when somebody's undergoing investigation, is that a matter of public record? That's Why a great should that ever be a matter of public record? That's a great question. You know, I'm accusing, I'm accusing, I'm investigating Kimberly Durden for shoplifting. Okay. <laughs> Right? I, yes. So everybody knows that I'm investigating Kimberly for shoplifting. You can right. post that on Facebook, right. po- uh, Twitter, tweet it out. Right. All right. Then when I find out that she actually is not guilty, right. you can publish that on page 37 of the Orange County Register. Okay. Yes. Yes. So the damage is done, and and the fact that you, you know, you have to defend yourself against an accusation like, "Have you beat your wife lately?" All right. <laughs> there is no defense against something like that because if you say no, that implies you might have beaten her in the past. <laughs> and, if, and if you say if you protest too much, then you ought look like you're defending something that's indefensible. Exactly. And then character assassination, since we know that it exists and we watch people go through it all the time, those of us who want to speak out, those of us who may have a differing opinion than what is mainstream are afraid many times to actually speak out and and and, and oppose and, and that's the purpose and of that's it. the purpose Absolutely. of something like dr sears in my, in my opinion and in many opinion uh, the opinion of many people that i regard highly is being singled out for the very that much reason he's being made an example of because he again is not anti-vaccine he is uh actually pro-vaccine in many ways he's just saying that people should have the choice of a flexible vaccination schedule and what he's being accused of here, and again, I, I, people can refer to the actual uh, articles about this, but in my, in my summary, he's being accused of giving an exemption to a kid based on a mother's story about the kid having some really bad reactions to vaccines in the past. Right. How horrible a, a, a crime is that? All right, the hmm. mother didn't want her kid to have vac- uh, vaccines. Apparently, the kid has reacted to vaccines. Apparently, there's documentation that the kid had reactions to vaccines. And yet... Uh, you know, he didn't do a proper medical workup or he didn't do a, he just took the word of the mother to do right. that, which is what all of us do. I mean, look, if my kid, my kid just got a vaccine a couple of weeks ago and I was told if she was to have a reaction to call and report it to the doctor right. or whoever. So right. what it sounds like well, that's listen, what the mother did. I mean, I mean if, if they're going to be saying you can't take the word of something, you have to be examining everything. Then when I have a when I have a woman who calls me and <laughs> says I think I have a bladder infection, right? All right, I'm going to say to her at two o'clock in the morning, go to the ER, okay? As opposed to saying to her, what's your pharmacy number? I'll call it in. Okay. All right. So, you know, where does where do you draw the line? Ultimately, I think the medical board would find that if I didn't examine that person, all right, that I could be guilty of inadequate record keeping or inadequate medical care. If they wanted to find something, they will find something. That's just the, we were just talking about that before the show started about how, you know, they're, they're going to, one of the things they're accusing of him is poor record keeping because the letter that he wrote apparently was not placed in the child's chart. All right. No way. So, so I can tell you from experience and working with other physicians in my office and being at Cedars and seeing how people, you know, don't, don't write notes for two days and then come back and write notes for three days that they hadn't, you know, to make up for the days they hadn't been there, you know, falsify their charts. This happens all the time. It is not a crime. It is not something sinister, but it is a way of getting him. And then, so the analogy I made to you before was that they couldn't get Al Capone on mayhem, murder, extortion, uh, racketeering. <laughs> Uh, alcohol violations, all that stuff, but they got them on income tax evasion. Right, okay? right. So the same sort of thing. It, they may find that there's nothing wrong with what Dr. Sears did, but they're going to give them a, in, in the end, they'll probably give them a reprimand for poor record keeping because the medical board will never allow themselves to be shown to be wrong. 
So they, wait a second. So you're feeling like he's probably going to get a reprimand. Oh yeah, he's at not least gonna, that's, he's not going to get he'll his be lucky. He'll be lucky if he gets off with a reprimand because the medical board once they have a, a hold of your tail of your toe, they don't want to let go so because they're think, not their concern. Their mission is patients is is consumer protection, but that is really not their mission. Okay, their mission is sometimes vengeful. Their mission is sometimes and look. I'm probably going to get in trouble because I'm publicly talking about the medical board in this way. And I'm not saying the people on the medical board are bad. I'm saying that the way the institution works is that they go after s- certain people and not other people. They're, they're, right. it's, it's like politics. Right. All right. It's who you know and what you know. I've seen egregious cases of poor care or negligence never investigated by the medical board. Right. And I've seen other people investigated because they uh, had poor record keeping on two, uh, two clients or prescribed somebody pain medicine without uh, a, a physical exam in, within a recent period of time, like within a year, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Right. But so the thing about Bob Sears is that he's a well-known, outspoken, uh, uh, you know, advocate for informed choice with vaccines for parents. Like you said, he's not anti-vaccine, but he is pro-informed choice and parents being able to make decisions for their children about whether or not they should be vaccinated. And as far as I understand, I believe he, he's also opposed to mandatory vaccines, which are now law in California. Yeah, I mean, that's the, re- well, that's the crux of the matter is that he spoke openly about his uh, op- opposing Assembly Bill 277, which right. is the, the mandatory vaccine law that's now the law in the state of California. Uh, you know that there are over 70 different vaccines nowadays um, that we give kids uh, over a period of time. And the, and, the, and the schedule is such that what he thinks that the schedule and other right. uh, many other experts agree with him right. that the schedule is, doesn't necessarily need to be, it should be individualized. It shouldn't right. be... Uh, well, uh, I mean, it totally makes sense to me because I, as a lactation consultant working with various many types of babies, I mean, some babies have issues. Some babies are you know, just trying to get back up to birth weight and it's taking them uh, uh, longer than than what's normal or they may have had um, birth injury. That's what we're or, trained to do. You we're understand tra- what I'm saying? We're so you, it's like you have to look at that baby and say, if this baby's just trying to get back up to birth weight or learn how to breastfeed or or get over some other kind of issue, do we really need to put the vaccine in them right now? I mean, maybe that's something that we can wait on. And I know well, that I mean, there are some physicians that will do that. They'll say, you know what, your baby is sick right now so let's wait and isn't isn't that a okay i mean is that a problem i don't understand is that like against the law well if they want to go to school it's a problem in california because now they they can't go to school because because unless they get an exemption letter and now doctors will be intimidated about writing i've been asked to write exemption letters for some of my mom clients because they volunteer in the schools and the schools will not let them volunteer without a updated vaccine schedule and they are breastfeeding or they are, you know, or they're pregnant and they don't want to get a vaccine while they're doing so, but they're the next kids in school. And so they need a letter and exemption and I'm writing those. And I fully expect that at some point I'll get a letter from the medical board or some other organization. And the, and the, and the thing that, again, let's back up for just a second. Yes. All of this hysteria about vaccination schedules and assembly bill 277 was based on a lie. All right. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk about that for a minute? Cause that is that, is that true that it was a lie? What it was yeah. something about okay. this Disneyland situation, right? Yeah. Okay. Right? So there was a measles outbreak in California. And I've heard varying numbers between 20 and 130 people over a period of time. Right. 
got measles, many of which were pre- people that were previously vaccinated, some of which were people that were that they couldn't track down or maybe from out of the country or had never been vaccinated. But very few of them were actually children okay. um, that got sick. There has never been an outbreak of measles in a public school recorded in the state of California. Ever? Ever. Okay. So... so I got the. I had the privilege of hearing Dr. Sears speak about this a couple of years. You know, the year before that, the months before Assembly Bill was voted on, he gave a lecture down at a, a gathering. I think it was down in Long Beach, but I might be mistaken. It was somewhere down in the South Bay, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, um, it was those. It was a thing where I was actually speaking on something else to follow him, and so I sat in his lecture, and it convinced me completely. Um, you know, I'm easy to convince when it's something that makes com- common, that sense. common sense, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it convinced me completely that, that, you know, he was laying out the case for the fact that this was all uh, um, uh, fraudulent coercion by Merck hmm. and by, uh, and again, Merck is very powerful. These drug pharmaceutical companies are very powerful. And they getting do, more powerful. And by the way, they do great work, all right? I mean, life is better because of pharmaceutical companies, but there is a lot of uh, shadiness going on, and they pay themselves too much money, and some drugs are ridiculously expensive when they don't need to be. And but uh, but uh, you know, it would be nice if the FDA would simplify the drug approval process, and then it wouldn't be less expensive. But you know, again, getting back to podcast 102, where we talked about levels of regulation and making things complex where simplicity would be better. There was a recently, I'll digress for just a second. There was recently a drug for muscular dystrophy for boys. That uh, called seroleptin, I think it was called, and it showed it, the boys that took it because muscular dystrophy is basically a, a, a only in boys. Interesting. Um, it's X-linked. Huh. So, um, and boys that took it were able to walk and do and motor function far better for many years longer. All right, but the FDA was delaying and delaying and delaying the approval of this drug, even when parents said. I'll sign a waiver. I don't care. I want my kid to have this drug. No, we can't do have this drug. You can't have this drug. And and they got in the way. And I think I think I just read recently in the Wall Street Journal that it actually just got approved. All right. But why do you think it took so long? Because bureaucrats do that. That's what bureaucrats do. Got it. And you know, maybe they weren't greasing the right palm. Right. I don't know. I really don't know. They'll argue that uh, they needed more studies or whatever else, but you know what? Yeah. Gets back to the same sort of thing. More studies. We need more studies. I, right. uh, you know what? People whose kid is suffering or dying. Right. Right. Why it's, can't the, why, why can't, can't they, they choose? Be part, and why can't they be part of learning more about the drug? If or even if they even if they don't like qualify for, for the study, even if they don't qualify for the study, exactly. Let them have. You know what? Exactly. What's what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. They, they, they get they get worse. Oh well, they, that was going to happen anyway. Happen anyway. Right. So anyway, so getting back to the measles thing, um, the outbreak in Disneyland had nothing to do, we, as far as we can tell, about a vaccine schedule for school kids. Right, because that, no, cause I just wanted clarity because sometimes when I hear these stories or I even read about them, I somehow can't believe them because I remember when that Disneyland thing happened and then all of a sudden there's this new law being pushed uh, you know, towards mandatory vaccines. And I mean, I have to tell you that I'm, I'm actually quite shocked that that law passed. And so here we are. Are you thinking conspiracy theory? You think that Merck, uh, Merck had a couple guys go in there with measles into Disneyland? Really? I, 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 I don't want anybody to come after me. All right, me Kim, I have I a question for you. All right, who killed Kennedy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, you don't know? I don't know. I'm, I'm all right, like, okay, all right. Okay. All right. George Bush did it. 
<laughs> You're no. funny. Okay, okay, okay. Look, first of all, I was just a baby when all that happened, so yeah, I'm out well, You're of supposed it. to answer Lee Harvey Oswald. It's supposed Lee, to be Lee the, Harvey Oswald. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. But yeah, I mean, you have to wonder about how, you know, the non sequitur, the, the disconnect between what happened in Disneyland and suddenly right. this, this, this fanaticism. But if you understand how politicians work, and if you understand the political process, and if you understand especially the nanny state that we, that we tend to live in here in California. Okay. Which is, which is a, what is a nanny state? It's that government, know, government wants to know, government knows best and government should regulate your lives. I so see what you're saying. Nanny yeah. state is, is, is kind of starting to regulate every aspect right. of your life. What kind of car you can drive, what kind of light bulbs you can have, what kind of helmets you have to wear, uh, um, you know, uh, whether you can throw Frisbees on the beach, whether you can, I mean, every aspect, what kind of bags you use at the grocery store. Uh, I mean, I understand that there are people that have very strong feelings about that, but ultimately they will get to something that bothers you. Well, that's so, so, that's so I this, true. I because thought, sometimes, sometimes it feels good. You're like, great. We're not using plastic bags anymore in, in Santa Monica. So great. Yeah, we're no, ma- I think we're making great. a difference, but I hear what you're saying. You're but the next thing right. they get to will be something, something that, that bothers you, right. that, that bothers you. And, and that became, right. and that's happened. It basically happened with the restriction of midwives being able to do breach and twindle. Yeah. This is all true. right. Or 40 or 37, 42 week thing. Right. I mean, they always, always get more. They never, never get less. And so, and, and then, and you bring that to the whole vaccine issue because in California, we always had the personal exemption situation where we could, uh, personal and religious exemption, I believe that, and medical, of course, that was in effect, and we could say no. You know, I, for personal reasons or religious reasons, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to vaccinate my child. And yeah, those now are gone. And and you know, California for for Californians, I mean, for some folks on one side of the vaccine issue, they think this is great. Every kid should be vaccinated, and I'm totally in agreement with that. But for those of us who who don't agree with that, um, it is it is. It's extremely un- challenging it's, it's, it's right un- now. It's, it seems to be unconstitutional and un-American to do that. I it mean, does. this is this is not a public health crisis. Okay, we, we have to, this pro- has happened in other. This has already been in place in a lot of other states, though. Though you know, I came from Virginia, and that was the the law in Virginia. They, there was no personal exemption, and you know, you had to really jump. Yeah, through but hoops. I, I, well, I'm, I'm sure that they got lobbied by Merck there too, and probably the East Coast because mm-hmm, the East so Coast goes too, first, right. right? But I'm just saying that there was no. Uh, I mean, f- I mean, more people get sick from you know something commonplace that isn't going to be banned than this. I can't think of a really good analogy. You probably could come up with a lot of them, but just from dust blowing in from John's window. Okay, maybe we should ban uh, parks across the street from people's houses, right. or or maybe let's ban wind. <laughs> let's ban wind because when wind comes up, people get allergies, or maybe just windows, so you don't have a place that the aller- yeah, allergies yeah, can no go windows. in. You know, no, but but or, Stu, or no open windows. And I no, I totally, I, I, you know, I think that when parents, that parents want to be able to make decisions. Again, we go back to informed choice, um, you know, informed decision making. You know, there are some parents that are going to say. Go ahead, give my kid every vaccine possible. That's part of my belief system. I, I, I trust them. I want them. I want to protect my child in that way. Thank you very much. And there are other parents who are, who are going to have an alternative schedule. As a matter of fact, I know a lot of parents who aren't necessarily anti-vaccine, but they just don't want to give their little baby, you know, however many vaccines that that child is supposed to get in that first one or two years of life. And uh, full disclosure, I, I was saying that I... I 
just one of my children, my youngest, just got a vaccine a couple weeks ago. And when I walked into uh, the clinic to get the vaccine, the clinic aide who who she's a public health person that's employed by um, I don't know if it's the school system or it, if it's a public health department, but she's like a vaccine Nazi. I mean, I went in there and I said to her. Well, I know you're saying, you know, she needs these many vaccines, but I'm probably going to just do one today. And and the woman told me, she was like, oh, no, you, you, you don't want to do that. As if I'm an idiot, like I haven't done my own research. And, and, you know, by the way, if my child got five vaccines that day and she had a reaction, how would I know from which vaccine the reaction came from? So it, it, it's perfectly fine for me. My child has had no problems to uh, to take have an alternative schedule. I'm not saying I don't want them. I'm just saying for me personally and for my child, I want to take it a little slower. Right. I, so right. so, but I the, the co- I felt I actually don't want to go into that. I hate going into that clinic because of that attitude from that particular provider that I'm some sort of you know horrible person. And she often talks about. I've heard her in the clinic just say, "Oh well." If you don't get this vaccine, we'll have dead babies, dead babies, dead babies. I mean, this is yeah. her. This I mean, is her spiel. I mean, if Hermine Hayes flies is listening, you should you should hear this because this is this is a again. This it's is a exactly, public health clinic, so she's seeing. Well, it's, no, this is a, this is a violation of human rights. She's violating your human rights by by coercing you and browbeating you and doing that. It's a violation of every form of medical ethics. You know the, the funny that. the funny thing is when you bring your kids in there when you know <laughs> the kids look at the parent like. Who is that crazy person that's about to give me a vaccine? Yeah. Like, sh- and and this is what we're dealing with. Yeah, you know, in the movie and the in the documentary called Vaxed, I don't know if you saw Vaxed, but if you have, you haven't. Kimberly says shaking her head. You can't see that on the radio, but I would recommend that people try to get this vax. Uh, this um, I'm not not open to seeing it. I just I hate sitting down for two hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unless I'm taking a nap. Yeah, it's worth it's worth seeing because it does. P- it does bring up things about two things that, that were I took the take home message for me. I mean, for other people, it might be something else. One is that it really was the combination of vaccines and the measles, mumps, rubella trio vaccines, as right. opposed to breaking them down separately, that were giving these kids problems. And what's right. interesting is they were mostly uh, in the poor neighborhoods and mostly right. black African American boys, yeah. I believe, were yeah. most mostly affected. mostly susceptible to it. And when they broke it down and gave measles separate from mumps, separate from rubella. Uh, then there was there was far less reaction to that, but the manufacturers stopped making individual measles, mumps, right. and rubella right. vaccines. Right. So you can't get it unless you get the whole MMR. Right. The second thing that came for me that is that the CDC is, uh, uh, w- which was a trusted organization as far as I know, in my you know my upbringing, my medical training, all that sort of thing. You're supposed to re- you know I always tell people we'll go to the CDC. What does the CDC exactly. say? In this particular case, the CDC buried. That information and they uh, a whistleblower brought it out and that's what the the documentary is about. Well, I know about all of that and I and so for me watching the documentary, you know, it's like not new information for me. So that isn't why because I yeah it would just, I know, piss, it would just piss you off. I anyway, know exactly. So. It's like I know about all this and and but the truth of the matter is what's also concerning me now and I want to definitely talk about Bob Sears a little bit more. But I have so many questions now from pregnant clients who are like you know. You know, I do, you know, I'm, I'm a part of a midwifery care 
um, situation. And so my clients who are going into the doctor, coming into midwifery care with us, but maybe going to their doctor for, you know, an ultrasound or a, a blood test or something like that, if they choose to come back to us and say, my doctors are pressuring me to get vaccines in pregnancy. Like, why do I need a flu shot while I'm pregnant? Why do I have to get a T, uh, DTAP shot while I'm pregnant? And, and uh, there's a huge push more than I've ever heard before um, on getting all these vaccines while you're pregnant and the different messages that moms are getting. Um, you know, this is going to, well, if you don't get the vaccine, you know, there's a possibility that your baby could die. I mean, why are, why, is that true? And what is the party line on getting vaccines in pregnancy? Because I'm hearing this over and over and over again. What vaccine are we talking We're about? We're talking about the flu vaccine. Okay. We're talking about I, I, Tdap. I, I, all right. And there's another one. Here, here is something that, that I'm going to put out in the, in the world. I have women ask me about the flu vaccine. I don't often, I don't openly offer the flu vaccine in my office. We have it in the office. I would tell you that probably less than 5% of the pregnant women I've ever cared for in my life have ever wanted a flu vaccine while they're pregnant, even when they know it's available. So, um, and so that and, would mean... I, and I've never had a flu vaccine in my life, by the way. I. I'm 60 years old, and I've never had one in my life. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty healthy other than last week, which I right. had a cold. But I don't... Again, the flu vaccine is 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 probably more innocuous than stuff. I mean, there's questions about the HPV vaccine that we right. we, we tell te- we oh, should give yeah. to teenage girls or, or even, even preteen girls. And boys, too. They right. want to give And now they want to give it to boys. Who makes that, who makes that vaccine? Who makes it? My um, guess is Merck, but, oh uh, but I don't know. Well, when I went to that vaccine clinic with my kid, you know, and she went over, all, it was funny because she was like, oh, you know, I, do a de- I did a little delayed thing with my kid and uh, she went over all the vaccines that my daughter should have gotten but she aged out of, and I was just smiling with glee. Like yeah. she was like, "Oh, well, I could, she should have got the H, the Hib at, but she doesn't need that after eighteen months." And she kept saying to me that the nurse kept saying to me, "You sure she's never been sick?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Nope." I mean, besides a cold, I said, "Well, you know, she's breastfed forever, so I'm sure that yeah, has a born, huge born at, born at home breastfed, breastfed forever. forever. You know, she's had absolutely no problems, and you know, and my child had aged out of a lot of you know baby vaccines, and I was super happy about right. that because you know, and and yeah, I remember. Well, listen, Doctor Seuss podcast is not anti-vaccine. I mean, no. look at what's look at smallpox, no. look at polio, no. look at tetanus. We are I mean, not. these things we are not. These things have saved a lot of lives, and there's no not. question about it. What we're talking about is is a doctor like Dr. Sears who goes out in the world to let right. people know that there are options right. and that they should they have the right to ask for these options and suddenly because he he wrote a letter that didn't get put in a file that exempted a kid that he may not have have gotten the full history on but he took the mother's word for it which is something that doctors do every single day <laughs> around the country every single doctor does this right all right um if they tell you that they that they interview every single person and they do a full history on every single person, they're absolutely lying. Right. A med, you know, com, com, uh, computerized medical records has made it very much easier to dry lab <laughs> stuff because you have to fill in all these boxes and there's no way in the allotted time that you have right. to see a person That's that you right. could possibly fill in a complete review of systems. A complete review of systems would take 20 minutes or more in and of itself. And especially, and what if someone, and, and then there are clients, as we all know, in, in, in medical school we talk, or residency, we talk about them that have what are called a positive review of systems. It means every question you ask them, oh, yeah, <laughs> I have that. Oh, yeah, that hurts. Oh, yeah, I've had that. Oh, yeah. And then you're supposed to, like, 
follow that down. It would take you five hours to do a history <laughs> on this person when you've got 20 minutes to do it. So people fill it in because you know what? You can't get paid at the proper level of coding right. if you haven't filled in and done a review of systems. So you dry lab it. Is the medical board going to prosecute every single doctor in California? No, of course not. They're picking on a guy because he's... He's, 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 he's outspoken he's and visible. he's visible and he has and he has followers and people are listening to what he is said he's saying and it's going against the grain and unfortunately you know I do think about the pediatricians and naturopathic doctors who who have clients and families that are coming to them asking them to help them make an informed choice about vaccines who won't who who feel who want to be able to give their families informed choice about vaccines and offer alternative schedules and offer exemptions, but are scared. And it is, it is, it's just unconscionable because we, we don't have, we, we can't get true um, unbiased information from our medical professionals. You have to just cherry, cherry pick. Um, and so with Dr. Sears, he is being targeted, in my opinion. Yeah, and what's really interesting, too, uh, I was reading on, on these things about Dr. Sears on the thing, and there was somebody who posted about it, and they put a... I just want to say, oh. he's been targeted, and it's like he's being used as an example well, he's used, for yeah, other physicians. He, he's used as an don't, example. Don't, don't do what he did, because see what can happen to you. Don't speak out, right. The old Japanese proverb of, what do you do with a nail that stands out? You pound it back in again. Wow. Right, that's a Japanese proverb. Anyway, so here's the... Um, the uh, the rub of this is that is that the French, who tend to be you know they have socialized medicine in France, they tend to be, you know, pretty well up on things like this. They're actually going in the other direction. Because did they used to have mandatory? I don't know if they used vaccines? to have mandatory vaccine, but I just read I read an article, and you know it talked about the French that the French people are no fools, and as a culture, France seems to, uh, um, sort of figure out things and and. And again, they do things that are in the best interest of their population because it is socialized medicine. Okay. So, you know, if they thought that vaccines were going to lower the health care costs of their, of their country, they would then give them. But what they are doing now is that they are backing away from this mandatory vaccine schedule and going to a more flexible schedule. At the same time, America is going in the opposite direction. Mm. Does this sound familiar to any of my listeners about so many other things that America seems to be doing when, when things are going the opposite direction in, in uh, countries who've already tried these things hmm. and they find that they don't work? <laughs> so that's something that, again, you can find all these articles online. The other thing I would say is that Dr. Bob Sears has set up a a fundraising page. I don't have the website, but we will post it on Dr. Stu's podcasts, um, dot com website. Uh, I will have Renee, who does all my Your uh, stuff behind the scenes work, um, get that website up so that if you feel like you want to contribute $5 or $50 or $100 to Dr. Sears' defense fund, and Dr. Sears basically says that he will use this money for his legal defense, which can be expensive. Uh, you know, I know that. I've been through it. Mm. And he can, and he can, uh, and then any money that's left over, he would give to charitable or to organizations working on behalf of, of causes that are uh, important to those of us in the birth community. Awesome. So, I mean, he's a really good guy. Hmm. And uh, I was fortunate to hear him lecture. He really has shaped a, uh, a lot of my thought. Many of my Orange County clients use him as their pediatrician. Hmm. And uh, he, uh, this is unconscionable. And again, I, I, 
the medical board will never speak about it. Dr. Sears is probably told by his lawyer not to speak about it now. So they've basically, what they've done is they've, they've muzzled him, mm. um, which is a way of doing it. And they'll always say, well, it's confidential. We can't release this sort of thing, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like what hospitals do when they're peer reviewing somebody is they always hide behind this veil. They'll attack you. And like I said at the beginning, they put it out there in public that he's being, that being investigated. And you ask a question to them, oh, we can't comment on that. We can't comment on that. It's horrific. All right? Yeah. It's and I wonder, like, who complained? Well, yeah. Somebody but, had to file a complaint. But at the same time, again, he, he made his position, you know, he was very outspoken. But they can't investigate, the medical board can only investigate a physician if there's a complaint filed against him. Now, I don't think that the mother no. filed a complaint. What I heard was that there was some domestic no. stuff going on and that in that situation, just to get back at the mother, somebody who will not be mentioned. Oh, yes, I heard that too. Yeah, I know. That, I'm trying yes. to avoid, people can read it for themselves. Yes. But that, that then person then, then tried brought to just it make up. trouble. Right, they brought right. it up and then. And oh the medical goodness. board, rather than realizing where this is coming from, uh, they, they glommed onto it. it. They glommed onto it. Well, they onto glommed onto it because they fit the agenda of what Sacramento and uh, wants to do, which is to force people to have vaccines. Um, on a, on a general regular schedule as opposed to in letting individual uh, citizens of California make that decision for their children. Yes. Well, we Dr. Bob Sears deserves um, our support, I, I believe. Um, and so I hope that you all go to this fundraiser. Yeah, and yeah, by the way, you don't have to live in, uh, in Southern California to, to donate to this. I mean, a cause like this is worthwhile. Please spread the word. Please use your social media to... Uh, you know, it's hard. You can't put pressure on the medical board. They're not going to change their position. It, this is going to play itself out. It, they'll never say, oh, you know what? We made a mistake. We're can wrong. That ain't going to happen. Is he still able oh, to yeah, practice? Oh, yeah. He can. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no restriction on his practice okay, going through this. But I have to tell you that the pressures that you feel right. um, disrupt your ability to sleep. It makes you, uh, you know, it's not healthy for you to have this sort of pressure on. Absolutely. It's a financial and, and a serious emotional <laughs> burden. Uh, even the best physician begins to doubt himself when he's being investigated like that. It's very, very, um, it's a destructive process. The process itself is destructive. And I, like I said before, once they glom onto you, they will ne never settle for like, oops, we were wrong. We're sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, they will often, they will often say, okay, we'll give you a letter of reprimand. We'll let it go at that, but you have to pay the, the fees that it cost us to investigate you. Oh God. They do this sort of thing too. Because the medical board is not supported by taxpayer funding. Medical board is supported by doctor's licensing fees and, and midwife's licensing fees. Interesting. Licensed midwives, I did not know that. Yeah. Food for thought. Right. So, <laughs> as we conclude podcast number 103, i just like to, uh, again, say, Kimberly, it's always a joy talking to you. Thank um, you. You know, we don't plan these things ahead of time. We sort of... It's like we're topics. it's like we're getting together and we get to catch up on stuff that's been going on and and our worlds intersect many times. And yeah, so we're like the, we're like that graph that, that they pose. You know, when when the researchers pose, where they have two circles and and part of the circles like are overlapping each right, other. And right. That's our lives, and then we have different lives on either side, and that's the beauty of uh, of the relationship we have in the birthing community. I mean, Absolutely. we all have different views, but yet when it comes to birth, we're all all sort of united on the, on the topic. Absolutely. Uh, so listen, I want to thank my listeners uh, locally and overseas. I have uh, uh, appreciate getting the messages from people in uh, Europe and uh, especially people in Australia who know who they are. I don't get any messages. Please, somebody send me a message. And you can also go to Facebook, uh, my Facebook page or... Uh, my Facebook business page, which is Kimberly Durden, IBCLC. I have had a lot of people 
asking to friend me lately, so I, I think it may be because of the bod- podcast. They're all birth workers from around the yeah, world. Yeah, Dr. Sue's podcast yeah. is like loaded with listeners. And, yeah, you know, they, they're more like lurkers because they friend sh- me, but they don't you know, say Share anything. us with your friends. <laughs> if you like us, like us on, on uh, iTunes. Uh, you can reach. You can read more about me at birthinginstincts.com. Awesome. And you got a lot of stuff about uh, breaches and twins. I, you know, I try to stick with the topics on that face on that page that I know really well. What we talk about on the podcast are basic just opinions. And uh, we will see you next time uh, for podcast one hundred and four. Very exciting. We're moving along here. Pretty soon we'll be a podcast two hundred or podcast one thousand. Yeah. Eh? What? Eh? No, anyway. Okay, so uh, thanks again for listening. This has been Dr. Stu's podcast.